الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد افلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاه فاعلون صدق الله العظيم most respected and my kiram brothers and elders these ayat of surah al-nur which we had been discussing surah al-mu'minun which we had been discussing in the previous weeks so we had briefly discussed some aspects about salah and about lahu futile things some discussion discussion about zakat had taken place as well with regards to this aspect of lahu that we discussed one was that a person does not get involved in things that are totally futile of no benefit to him in dunya or akhirat and apart from that the other meaning of getting or keeping oneself safe from lahu was that he does not get caught up in unnecessary arguments discussions that become problematic and get caught up in debates all these kinds of things serves no purpose and it just takes a person's time away nothing to be achieved out of it linked to this aspect of saving oneself from this lahu is this ayat of the quran sharif that was recited Allah tabarak wa ta'ala says khudil afwa wa amur bil urf wa a'rid anil jahilin These are just three statements this doesn't even take one whole line or just maybe one just over one line but the mufassirin explained that this is a charter of akhlaq this has encompassed the entire aspect of the branch of deen known as akhlaq in these three statements many things are taken for granted fine akhlaq is also something important so it's one of those things we need to have it is good but whereas this is something which has a very fundamental place in deen and in this ayat allah tbaraka wa taala is giving us the summary of all this akhlaq in the ayat that precedes this allah taala speaks about all the the evils of the mushrikeen and how they were harassing nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam what kind of taklif they were giving him what kind of hardships they were placing upon him so on the one side all that was what was mentioned and then allah taala says addressing rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that khudil afu that you hold fast onto the way of afu what is the meaning of the word af one meaning of this word and both these meanings apply one meaning of this word is that a person he just takes and accepts what is on the surface he doesn't want to go too deep into things 
in terms of somebody has been given, for example, some task to do. So apparently the person has done it. He wants to go through it with a fine comb. Every little small aspect he wants to go into the depths of it. So now, for example, in his home. So there are many things, the day-to-day things that are done in any home. So his wife will be undertaking many chores for that matter. He wants everything done to the tea. Everything must be done in a particular way. Everything must be kept in a particular place, exactly in that place, exactly in that manner. Yes, there must be system and organization and everything. But he wants everything 100%. Now when a person is going to adopt that approach, he's going to make life difficult for others, difficult for himself. But if he adopts that overall things are okay, things are fine, it's not exactly 100% as he would have liked it to be, but overall everything is fine, then he's content with that. Now this is one meaning of Afu. Nabi Islam is being told, you adopt this approach. Don't go too deep into things in every bit that, why is this not like this and that is not like that. When the borders of, when the lines of deen have not been crossed, the boundaries of Shariat have not been transgressed. Then within that, a person should have an easy going approach. He should be flexible within the boundaries of Shariat. Unfortunately, sometimes we have an extreme on either side. Either a person is in the extreme where he won't even bother whether the lines of Shariat are crossed or not. Doesn't make any difference to him. Whatever goes on. Now that's also an extreme. That is wrong as well. The limits of Sharia must not be transgressed. But the other extreme is that a person wants everything 100% and there's no room for any kind of laxity, any little leeway in anything within the limits of Sharia obviously. That too is another extreme. So Nabi Islam is being told, Khudil Af, that be moderate and accept it. On the surface everything is fine, accept it. Even to the extent of ibadat, Nabi Islam is being told that accept what is being done on the surface. Somebody is fulfilling whatever the surface requirements are, you accept it. And then the higher levels, encourage it. But accept whatever is on the surface. Person is fulfilling his basic obligations, somebody is not capable or doesn't have that drive or is not yet in that category where he is managing to do a lot of nawafil, then accept whatever the minimum he is doing for now, encourage the rest. Inshallah with encouragement that too will start coming in. So this is the first aspect. Nabi Islam is told, Khuzil Af. The second meaning of Afu is forgiveness. And both these apply here. That no matter what is going on, how these kuffar are continuing them, conducting themselves, what kind of treatment they are meeting out to you. But despite that, you take on the root of forgiveness. You hold fast onto this way of forgiveness. Discount everything else. Because this is your way. So if you will hold on to this, 
Akhlaq is such a thing, normally the statement that we make is that it takes two hands to clap. So I can't clap with one hand. But akhlaq is such a thing that claps with one hand. It forces the other hand to clap. Sooner or later it will bring the other hand along. It's not possible that a person continuously shows good akhlaq and from the opposite end there's no akhlaq. One day, one week, one month, one year. But for how long? But if a person has been positively showing that good akhlaq and the ahadith regarding the good akhlaq, these are things which amaze one that what has been described regarding good akhlaq, we've discussed these ahadith on many, many occasions, that the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds. Why? Is this just, by the way, there has to be something in it. It has to be something very weighty in itself. And yes, it's sometimes very weighty on the person also. To adopt good akhlaq is sometimes very weighty on a person. But that's why it's so heavy on the scales of good deeds. Because it takes a lot of tolerance. It takes a lot of sabr, patience. It requires a person to digest a lot. A person with akhlaq is somebody who will have, just figuratively speaking obviously, a very big stomach. But not the physical stomach, emotional stomach. A very big emotional stomach, he'll be able to digest a lot. But this which he will digest, meaning the wrong treatment of people, somebody's abuse, somebody's ill treatment, somebody making life difficult for him, somebody cutting off ties from him, and whatever other things go along with this. And he is just digesting. Why is he digesting it? He's digesting it for Allah Ta'ala. He's digesting it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. One person used to keep complaining every now and again about his boss giving him a very hard time. So one day I told him that every time you come, this is the standard thing. Your boss is giving you a hard time. So now start looking for another job. Keep saying how much more it's getting, how more difficult it's getting every time. So now it's time to look for something else. Why put yourself through this agony? Continue with this for now, but start looking for something. Something will come right. You go on. This is if I move on, I'll have to start from scratch again. I'm working now 12 years in this company, and I've already now gained some extra benefits, some fringe benefits because of having worked now 12 years. Another three years then I will be entitled to certain further benefits which are quite substantial. Because now the company, whatever, how they have worked out the incentives, a person has given 15 years service, now he stands for that very big bonus and one lump sum payout and whatever else. If I move on somewhere else now, I will lose out all this. So now, well, it's another 2-3 years, another 2-3 years I'll stomach this. Now we often use this phrase, I'll stomach it. Now this is a digestion. This is an emotional stomach. So I'll stomach it. Because now two, three years time, then once I get all these other benefits, then I'll think about it then. I'll get that lump sum payout, and whatever other fringe benefits will come with it, then I'll decide. So now he's still got another three years in front of him. 
And for another three years, he's ready to stomach everything. The person is giving him the most difficult shifts. And he's giving him real difficult tasks and complicated work. And then making that also even more difficult for him by finding fault with every small thing. But now he's ready to stomach all that, which he is calling clear injustice. He's complaining about this being clear injustice to him. But for another three years, he's ready to stomach it. Why? For those dunya benefits. There'll be that lump sum payout, there'll be those fringe benefits, that bonuses, whatever else. So he's got his gaze on something, it makes stomaching all this easy. There is a pain involved, but easy to stomach it. It's easy to digest it despite the pain. Because now if he takes a, an aggressive approach, he stands to lose everything. So for dunya, we prepare to stomach a lot. But that same approach for Allah Ta'ala now. For the akhirat. What is dunya? How long is it going to be with us? How much is it going to benefit us? Yes, there's some little benefit, but for how long? Akhirat is everlasting. And the barakat and blessings that come in dunya also is beyond imagination. So a person with good akhlaq will have a very big stomach, this emotional stomach. And he'll digest a lot. But when he digests and keep digesting, this digestion after it comes spiritual nourishment. Like a person's food, he's eaten food, it digests well. Then it becomes physical nourishment. It strengthens his body, it gives him energy and whatever other benefits come along with it physically. So this digestion brings about spiritual strength. This takes a person way ahead in terms of his ruhaniyat. And that is why there's so much of emphasis on this akhlaq. The Ahlullah in their khanqas, they say this is, a person wants to learn akhlaq, you must come here. You want to learn akhlaq, then you come here, you want to become, learn wazaif, and you want to learn some tasbihat, that you can go anywhere. And a person can just around in any masjid and carry on. But he wants to become an insan. And an insan is somebody with akhlaq. Devoid of complete akhlaq, then there's no insaniyat left. There's no humanity left. That is something that carries on in the jungle. But insan is somebody and a mu'min, somebody with akhlaq. And Nabi Islam has been given this prescription of akhlaq. Khudil af. Hold on fast onto this forgiveness. One hadith sharif gives the tafsir of this ayat. Khudil af. What does this mean? Wa'amur bil uruf wa'aridan il jahileen. Nabi Islam explained. And what is this akhlaq all about? And holding on to this forgiveness all about. So Nabi Islam explained that he first asked Jibreel Salatu Wasalam, what is the meaning of this? Jibreel Salatu Wasalam came along with the answer from Allah Ta'ala. That the meaning of this is that ta'fu amman zalamak. That khuzil af, hold on to this forgiveness. That the one who oppresses you, you forgive him. The one who oppresses you, you forgive him. وَتُعْتِي مَنْ حَرَمَكْ And the one who has deprived you, you give him. 
the one who has deprived you. Nowadays, it is, if I get, I'll give. And if I don't get, so fine, I won't give to. And there were certain things which we heard about happening in other countries as customs. But now all these things have become things that you hear about happening in our own environments. That now because weddings take place in that grand style, so in India and some places it was a very old thing. That they would have somebody there recording the gifts. Who came with what, how much. So now I'll record it. So and so came with so much. Or he came with such a, this value gift. Now that will be kept. Now the day that person, somebody is getting married in his house, now he'll open the child. What he gave? I will try and just match that. Khalas. So is this gifts? Is this what is hadiyah all about? And this is why these hadiyahs of this nature don't bring any muhabbat. Whereas the object of hadiyah is muhabbat. Tahadaw tahabu. Nabi Salaam says, give one another gifts. It will create muhabbat. Nowadays that gift becomes the cause of further problem. That now the gift came and now got a problem with the gift. This person got no other... What a what thing he said now. He could have afforded something. Ten times the amount he sent the small little cheap line thing. We got enough of this in our house. Why is it? We're not in need of all these small small things. Now that was supposed to be muhabbat. That incident of that buzruk that we discussed many times. He was going to visit another buzruk who was sick. And on the way, it occurred to him that I should have taken some hadiyah along. It's sunnah. But now I forgot to take some hadiyah when I left. So, any case, what can I do now? So he looked around and he found all this little dry branches, small, small branches that fell off the trees. So it's free for anyone to pick up. He picked up all these small, small branches and he made one bundle of it. And he put it on his head and kept on walking. So when he got there, he visited, got there to who he came to visit. So then he presented this hadiyah eventually. That I brought this as a gift. Now, this is dry sticks. Anybody can see this is picked up on the side somewhere. It's for free. But it was brought with ikhlas. The buzruk that was receiving it, he called his khadib. Called the khadib and he said to him, take this and keep it one side. Just take this bundle of sticks and keep it one side. And when I pass away, my the water for my ghusl must burn these sticks and warm that water for the ghusl. I have hope, inshallah, with the barakat of this, my najat will get made, I'll get forgiven. That there's such ikhlas in this gift, that this is the value of it. Now it came for free, but it was given with ikhlas. And it was received with ikhlas. So then Allah Ta'ala makes that a means of such muhabbat. Now can we imagine the person gave it with that heart and he received it with that heart what it must have done to their friendship, that bond, how much more it would have increased. So that is the purpose of hadiyah. Muhabbat. But when it is done with a heart that is now devoid of ikhlas, then it will bring the opposite. So any case, Nabi Salaam is being told that forgive the one who has oppressed you. وَتُعْتِ man haramak. Give to the one who has deprived you. 
somebody has deprived you, you give him. Now this is very weighty, this is very hard on the heart. But this is what is, because it's so hard and heavy on the heart, it's heavy on the scales of judgment also. On the scales of good deeds. So, وَتُعْتِ مَنْ حَرَمَكَ وَتَسِلُ مَنْ And you join ties with the one who has cut off ties from you. Somebody has cut off ties from you, you do the noble thing. You join ties with him. So, this Nabi Sallallahu is being given this prescription of akhlaq. But Nabi Sallallahu by means of this became that person, that personality who became Allah Ta'ala's endorsement was given to him. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That you are on the peak of akhlaq. But this was meant for via him for the ummah, for us. So Allah Ta'ala says that خُذِ af. And together with that, وَأْمُرْ urf. One is forgive. Have this emotional stomach to digest. And this digestion will bring a lot good. Like the food gets digested well, it brings a lot good. Likewise, this will bring a tremendous amount of good. But it is not always so visible. A person has eaten something, can he say where has that benefit gone? That the strength of that came in his eyes by so many percent and in his feet so many percent, and in his ears, he can't see anything, doesn't feel anything, but it's happening. Stop eating for a few days and then you'll know what's happening. So likewise, this is happening also. It's happening, but a person cannot directly see what's happening. When a child is growing, every day a person takes a tape measure and he wants to see now how many centimeters it grew. Every day now he's putting the measure, every day he's not going to see something happening. But every day it's happening. It's not that the child grows for five days, then it stops, and after five days again it grows one centimeter. No, this constant growth. But that constant growth is not always measurable. It's happening, but it will become visible in time. After one month somebody sees a child, suddenly after one month they didn't see the child and now they see him. They see he's grown so much already. So it wasn't happening every week at a time only, it was happening every second every day. So likewise, this is bringing that Rohani benefit, that spiritual benefit, every time that a person is digesting something, every time he's forgiving something, every time he's giving somebody that has deprived him, every time he's joining ties with somebody that has cut ties from him. This is not just growing in small stages, it's growing in big stages. So in any case, Allah wa ta'ala says, Khuzil Af. وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ And enjoin what is right. On the one hand, a person will overlook, will forgive, will have an easy-going attitude. He won't take people to task for every small bit or really want to drive his point home. But at the same time, he won't stop enjoining the right in a correct manner, in an encouraging way. He won't stop that. He'll continue with that. He will be somebody that on the one, thi- one side he's easygoing, forgiving, overlooking, but he doesn't ignore his responsibility of guiding also. Both go hand in hand. But he encourages, he guides correctly, he guides in a positive way, he gives targheeb. The Quran Sharif, Allah wa ta'ala speaks about in, in Suratul 
مدثر يا ايها المدثر قم فانذر وربك فكبر نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم had wrapped himself in a shawl and he was sitting very grieved that for so long now this wahi hasn't come and then the wahi came and when the wahi came after what was known as the fatratul wahi for a period of time some say two years some say a little more some say a little less after the initial wahi of iqra for that period of time no wahi came and nabi sallallahu was very very uh, under a lot of sort of weight of this was on him that why is this wahi not coming now this wahi came and what was the wahi that came ya ayyuhal muddathir oh you have wrapped yourself in the shawl now the time has come to start the work qum faanzir now stand up and warn people now how are you going to go about warning them what is going to be the sequence of going about this task the first thing allah taala says وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ That instill the greatness of your Rabb. Speak of the greatness of your Rabb. Instill the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the hearts. When the greatness of something comes in the heart, then to do it is very easy. The greatness of Salah comes in the heart of a person, then you don't have to wake him. He's waking up his whole household and he's waking his neighbors also. He's waking his community up. He's waking up everybody else. one person very simple person very simple person who was working as a tailor somewhere originally from malawi was living in the country for long passed away now and he was a tailor not very very uh learned or anything you know his basics very simple person earning a bare living his son was studying in the madrasa one day he came to receive him and so on So any case as we got talking so somebody else walked in at that time so they knew him also they met him assalamu alaikum how are you and then after that greeting and so on so i just asked you know him he says i don't know him he says he gives me a reminder call every morning for tahajjud so i looked at him in surprise mashallah you giving people reminder calls for tahajjud So then he said I got a list of about I don't know how many exactly I can't remember for 20 25 people he gives them missed calls every morning tahajjud time now these are people who probably had that relationship with him or they asked him to do it whatever the case is let alone fajr he himself is up for tahajjud he has that value in his heart for tahajjud that he is taking the time now making 25 calls 25 20 25 calls he's making to wake people up give them a reminder for tahajjud salah and when a person has that value of salah in his heart let alone the farz he is even waking up for tahajjud salah and let alone waking up himself he is taking the time and effort to wake 25 other people up to now this is when the greatness of something comes in the heart when the greatness of dunya is in the heart of a person he can work from 8 till late and that too is easy for him he can work from 7 till 11 also that too is easy for him and the greatness of allah taala comes in the heart of a person then to obey allah taala becomes easy and to disobey allah taala becomes very difficult how can i disobey my rabb my creator my sustainer i'm totally dependent on allah taala every second every moment and i'm going to disobey him 
Now when the greatness of Allah Ta'ala settles in the heart, then this becomes a reality. So a person on the one hand will be forgiving, overlooking, and he will be just accepting whatever is on the surface, carrying on with life, not making a fuss over everything. But at the same time, he will keep enjoining the rights. Keep guiding people correctly. With hikmah and wisdom. That invite towards the way of your Rabb with wisdom and good advice. This will be his way. It won't be an iron fist kind of situation. It must be like this, otherwise, my way or the highway. And try to change things overnight. Oh, there will be a way. He will make a positive effort. Now that part of that positive effort will be the talim in the home. That he will be now making sure this talim takes place and by means of the talim bringing about this greatness of amal. That now the virtues of salah are being read, the virtues of zikr is being read, the virtues of the Quran Sharif are being read. So all this is bringing the greatness of these amal in the heart, the importance of them in the heart. Now he sees suddenly that this starts becoming a reality. It doesn't happen in one day, but with consistency, all these things start slowly, gradually coming in. Now that is a positive way in which he will keep making an effort. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, Khudil Af, wa'mur bil urf, wa'arid anil jahilin. And now in the process there will be some who are jahilin, Allah Ta'ala says. Some people after now, Nabi Sallallahu is being faced with these challenges, the mushrikeen, whatever, other, the munafiqeen and so on, the kind of difficulties they are putting in his way. So there are some who after all this hikmah and this good counseling and advice, they get the message, they understand what is to be done, they take the right direction. And yet there are some who just don't take any heed. They don't take any heed. Nothing makes an effect on them. So Nabi Islam is being told, you just bypass this. Just bypass it. Don't go and lock horns. Don't go and now confront the situation. So bypass it and carry on. Just bypass the situation and you continue with what your responsibility is by joining the rights. But don't get into the thick of all these things. This is linked up to what we were discussing about. Lahu. That in this ayat also Allah Ta'ala gives the same command. That don't go and now put yourself in that debate and in that discussion and in that argument and now trying to force something across. Bypass it and carry on. And then Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ And if shaitan tries to start inciting something, what he'll incite? Now obviously these are challenging situations. So shaitan will stir anger. He will stir feelings of revenge. Shaitan will stir feelings of taking, scoring points and driving one's point home and all kinds of things of this nature. He'll stir all these things. Allah Ta'ala is saying, if shaitan stirs something, then fasta is billah. You seek the help of Allah Ta'ala. You seek His protection. When that anger is welling, then move away and seek Allah Ta'ala's protection. 
اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم there are several ayat of the Quran Sharif which deal with akhlaq and it all ends up on the same theme of seeking the protection of Allah Ta'ala from shaitan several ayat وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ اِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌ حَمِيمٌ Allah Ta'ala says that good and evil is not the same so in other words, don't try to reply evil with evil. That doesn't too, one wrong doesn't justify another wrong. If somebody has sworn at you, don't think that now, let me do the same. Good and evil is not the same. You reply with what is better. Somebody has said something negative, you say the positive. And what the effect of this will be, فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ you continue with this the person between you and him there is enmity he'll become a bosom friend Allah Ta'ala is saying this but you do it with ikhlas for Allah Ta'ala and you continue with your way he is doing his thing you carry on with your thing فَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا فَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُحَضٍ عَظِيمٌ Allah Ta'ala says only those who have real sabr can do this but those who have been blessed with this bounty of sabr and those who have a great good fortune they will do this إِلَّا ذُحَضٍ عَظِيمٌ and then the last ayat after this Allah Ta'ala says وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغُنْ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ again the same thing and if shaitan comes in the way and he starts bringing all these kinds of thoughts in the heart and mind how long you going to be just run across and how long you going to become a doormat everybody's going to wipe their feet on you and how long you going to just be trodden downtrodden time now to fight for yourself so shaitan will do all this allah ta'ala is saying wa imma yanzaghannaka min ash-shaytani nazghun fasta'izz billah seek allah ta'ala's protection so, deen is not just only sitting in the masjid, is not only doing certain things, deen is a complete way of life. And this aspect of akhlaq is a very, very fundamental part of deen. A very integral part of deen. An extremely important part of deen. And when a person does not bring this akhlaq in, it starts affecting all the other branches of deen. This is what we find in so many things in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's teaching us all the time how to handle things correctly. With akhlaq. How to be somebody who makes a situation, not breaks it. How to make a bad situation good, not make a bad situation worse. Sometimes we react in a way which makes a bad situation worse. What we are being taught here is make a bad situation good. This is the teachings Deen is giving us. And this is what Allah wa ta'ala is advising us. And this is the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Sahaba Ikram, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Hur bin Qais radiallahu ta'ala an, he was part of the people of the mashwara of Hazrat Umar radiallahu an, part of his shura. So he had a very close relationship. So his uncle came, and he said, you know what, you have this very close relationship with
Hazrat Umar he will consider you. So please get some time for me. I want to talk to him. So now, this person was just came for the first time. In any case, now he's the uncle. So Hurd bin Qais makes an appointment for him. So he says, very well, let him come. So when he comes, the first thing he starts off talking in a very, very uncultured way. And now, something that was totally against respect and etiquette, and he starts saying to us, Umar that you have treated us very badly. You don't give us our rights, and you are not fulfilling our, your responsibility. He's talking to us, Umar And you are not just. Subhanallah, Hazrat Umar was justice. The incidents of his justice are amazing. Now he's being told all this. So, he started becoming a little upset. As soon as he started becoming, well, some signs of anger started coming on him, but he was still quiet. Hurbin Qais, who brought this visitor in game, he immediately said to Hazrat Umar he recited the same ayat. He said, Khudil Af, wa'amur bil'urf.